Soon after their sons left Austria for England in 1939, David and Tina Shapira took a trip to some friends in a town just outside Vienna. When they had last been there, their boys had been with them, but now, separated by a war and an uncertain future, with just letters to keep them up to speed, Tina writes to her children that the swallows you saw then have long since flown away and been replaced by a new generation of birds. During the war, letters sent from enemy territories, which Austria was, could be checked by officials for code words, secret messages or metaphors, heavy-handed or barely there. There are no war secrets here, just the words of a sad mother to a faraway part of her soul. But reading them back now, it is hard not to imagine Tina thinking of those swallows as the Jews forced to leave, or killed, and the new generation of birds as the millions now dominant, many of them filled with nationalistic hate. Almost all of these young swallows can already fly, she continues. Only a single one's still afraid, and perches mournfully on the edge of the nest when the others fly away. Is that one her? Jutting out from the left of Vienna's Westbahnhof is an odd corrugated iron structure which sticks up like a broken leg resting in a hospital support. The old station itself is hardly pretty, glass and stuff to hold up the glass, nothing more. But the newish metal is so ugly you can't take your eyes off it. Someone once thought it would be an addition so striking people would come for miles to see if it could be true. And now they're stuck with it. I look to the right and see that on the station's other side that design is repeated. The planners so proud of its ostentatiousness that they made the builders build it twice. On that other side, though, it seems smaller, part hidden by garish signs for Motel 1, where rooms cost 69 euros per night. That not only feels like an advert for the kind of thing that happens in there, quickly, but also robbery. From the outside, its rooms look small, and, as with most stations, the area's great appeal is that it has an immediate route away from it. Mass taxi ranks and sneaking trams are the image and noise, all to move people in and out. As a key terminal in a major European city, the station found a new role to play from the summer of 2015, that of taking refugees in and sending them off again. Behind its captivatingly daft exterior of brutal ridged metal, Motel One must, surely, have housed a great number of the grateful helpless. They arrive and are tired, or need to leave early and have no place else to go, so they head to the hotel that's nearest, that charges 69 euros a room, in a structure that offers some view of the city below. A capital which may, or may not, let them stay, that they may, or may not, want to be in, but which they have found themselves in anyway. I lived in Vienna from the age of 10 to 13, 1991 to 1994. My dad, Chris, had been offered a job there by the company he worked for, IBM. The whole of Eastern Europe had opened up with the drawing back of the Iron Curtain, and it felt like a smart, interesting move. He worked on big projects that often involved funding from the World Bank to help kick-start the modernisation of computers in countries such as Poland, Hungary, Czech Republic and Russia. I cried when my parents told my sister Claire and me, in Pizza Hut, only finding consolation in bacon bits from the salad bar. It was a time before stuffed crust. I was worried mostly about my friends. I was at a comfortable preparatory school in Surrey my life ahead inevitably leading to a comfortable secondary school in Surrey, followed by three years at one of England's top 20 universities, 
and a job, most likely in London, then back in Surrey. A graduate training scheme, I guess, somewhere like Procter & Gamble, or the other one that also makes soap. Shaken from that path with a move to a foreign country I had never visited, which didn't even have a beach, I wept and said I would never make any friends again. Poor Edward and Alistair, and the other ones I can't remember. Our lives were planned ahead. We would be educated, then move up the A3 to Clapham for five years, tops, marry, then back to Surrey. One year into my life in Vienna, I never wanted to leave. There were a number of reasons. First, I was ten when I thought the move would be awful, and people who are ten don't know anything. Secondly, the school I went to was mixed, and classes with girls were new to me. I found that intriguing. Thirdly, I can't overstate how fascinating the Viennese public transport system is, and I spent so much effort...